1: Good evening, folks. Hope you're all doing well on this Sunday evening. It's Easter Sunday. Rory here with you until 7 o'clock. A lot to cover over the next hour. It hasn't been a great Easter Sunday for the Cork footballers. They're out of the Munster Championship. They have a bit of a sweat to see if they're going to be in the All-Ireland Series. They were beating Clare today in. And it's going to talk to uh, former Cork star Paul Kerrigan about uh, Cork's defeat today a little bit later on. We're going to get reaction from Porky Cueve where Kilkenny will crown the Allianz Hurling League champions as they beat uh, Kilkenny today down in the park. Also on the show, going to hear from Cork's Niall O'Leary, going to look ahead to the Cork City Marathon, which is fast approaching and plenty more as well. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. you could join us on the Big Red Bench on this Sunday just going to wrap up everything that's kind of been happening today as I mentioned Cork out of the Munster Championship Travel's so beat my Claire in NS 14 points the 13 was how it finished uh, the uh, defender Killian Ryan with the winning points in the 74th minute, the ball over the bar it's Clare's first championship win over Cork in 26 years. It's got massive implications for uh, Cork and uh, Sam Maguire as well. So we'll be talking to Paul Kerrigan about that in just a little bit. Uh, elsewhere uh, Clare will now go on to face uh, Limerick in the semi-final They'll finish Tipperary 319 Waterford 111 Tipperary facing Kerry in the last four Limerick clinching the Alliance Hurling League Division 1 title today as they beat Kilkenny 220 to 15 points at Parky Quiv. let's get a full time report on that from Jonathan Higgins full time in Parkie Quiv where Limerick have defeated Kilkenny
2: by 220 to 15 points an 11 point victory sees Limerick secure the Alliance Division 1 National Hurling League title while Kilkenny initially started the better, it was Limerick, aided by five first half points from Aaron Glan, who took control. Glan also played a major part in Limerick's first half goal. A long ball in towards the goal was brilliantly caught by the Patrick a corner forward. He passed through the advanced Barry Nash, who rifled past Owen Murphy from a tight angle. While the scoring rates slowed in the second half, it was Limerick who remained in control. Their two man full forward line of Flanagan Glan, a constant tread to Kilkenny defence. The duo combined to devastating effect in the 54th minute. Flanagan winning a long ball before feeding Gallan, who finished first time to the net for a stunning goal. A goal good enough to win any game and a real warning sign to the rest of the country. Gallan finished with a personal tally of 1-7. The shining light of a comprehensive team display matched very closely by Jermuth Byrne who scored six points from wing back. Limerick securing their first silverware of the year and in this evidence it won't be their last. Full time score. Limerick, 2.20. Kikkenny 15 points.
1: Yeah, let's call a spade a spade there. Thanks, Jonathan, for that report. Let's call a spade a spade. Nobody's touching Limerick this year, are they? They're not, like... They, they were just so good today. And you felt they had an extra gear in them as well down in the park. Um, they were just so, so good. 220 to 15 points was how it finished in the Allianz Turning League uh, final today. We're going to get reaction from the Limerick and Kilkenny Camps a little bit later on. Uh, Ross Common has seen off Mayo 2 8 to 10 points in the last the Connacht Senior Football Championship quarterfinals. That was in Castlebar today in football. And uh, Arsenal still leading Liverpool by two goals to one. Uh, 71 minutes on the clock there at anfield gabrielle martinelli uh, had the visitors in front after uh, just eight minutes there um Mo Salah has missed a penalty uh, for the Merseysiders as well uh, this was Shane Pennington's report after that penalty miss. It's Liverpool
0: 1, Arsenal 2 but Jurgen Klopp's side really should be back on level terms here in what's been a fiery second half so far because Liverpool were given a penalty when holding Foul Jota inside the box Mo Salah stepped up, he'd missed his last penalty of course firing over the bar and he missed this one because he put it wide of the left hand post but Liverpool right up for this in the second half, it's Liverpool 1 Arsenal 2.
1: Yeah, entertaining stuff there Liverpool chase an equaliser a win for the Gunners we'll see them go 8 points clear if they can hang on to that but Liverpool doing all of the pressing there at Anfield earlier on today Crystal Palace with a big win over Leeds United today Adam Drury was watching this
3: Leeds 1 Crystal Palace 5 the Eagles tore apart Leeds with a brilliant away performance it was Leeds who opened the scoring on 21 through Bamford that lead lasting until stoppage time when Gaye levelled on 53 you completed Palace's comeback and 2 minutes later Eze made it 3 on 6 Edward ended the game as a contest and a second for RU on 77 completed a rout that puts Palace six points clear of the bottom three. Full-time at Ellen Road, finished Leeds one, Crystal Palace five.
1: A golf and Tiger Woods withdrawing from the Masters due to injury. He could see how uncomfortable he looked, even in round one. Um, he was visibly struggling yesterday, um, so he pulled out ahead of the third round um, after completing seven holes for weather-affected third day. Shane Lowry is three under par. Seamus Power is two Overbrook's Brooks Kupka leading the way. On 11 under par, he'll tee off at half past seven just after that. Uh, John Ram just behind him then on nine under par. Victor on 8 under so it looks like it's going to be a straight shoot-up between those three of Hovland and Gledac together uh, Patrick Cantlay a little bit further back on 6 under par um, of course the weather Yes, they was just absolutely abysmal forcing the uh, the postponement of uh, play yesterday a couple of trees falling down at Augusta the weather looked absolutely dreadful and of course it happened just as I'd sat down to watch the golf for the evening sound flat. that uh, elsewhere the dates venues and kickoff times for the Champions Cup semi-final Finals have been confirmed. Leinster will take on Toulouse at the Aviva Stadium on Saturday, April 29th. That'll start at three. Scarlet will face Glasgow Warriors at Parquise Scarlet from half five that evening. Toulon and Benetton go at it. And dad Felix Mayall on Sunday, April 30th from half past one. La Rochelle taking on the Exeter Chiefs in Bordeaux. That is at 4pm, the final set for Saturday, May 20th at the Aviva Stadium. Uh, Racing today at Ferry House, it's been a good day for Willie Mullins. Five consecutive winners there, including a couple of great ones. With the details, here's Dave Keener.
4: It's been a huge day for Willie Mullins in day two of the Ferry House Easter Festival he saddled five consecutive winners including two grade ones the first of those was Astro Diamond who looked a mare very much on the up when she defeated a wealth of experience and a lot of good fillies in the mare's novice hurdle in the hands of Paul Townend Danny Mullins guided Nick Rocket to victory in the two and a half mile grade two and it was Hercules Soil who made all to defeat Hunter's Yarn in the two mile grade two hurdle Dinah Blue benefited from a last fence fall from Whiskey Wealth to win the Handicap Chase and it was a 1-2-3 in the Willow Warm Gold Cup and it was Flame Bearer in the hands of Sean O'Keefe who jumped fantastically to defeat Sir Gerhard and appreciated in a 1-2-3 in the main race of the afternoon the Willow Warm Gold Cup on day 2 of the Easter Festival at Ferry House.
1: Thanks to Dave Keena from that report there of course underground uh, the Grand National taking place tomorrow 30 runners in that tough race to uh, predict that is at 5pm tomorrow elsewhere uh, Willie Mullins was uh, the winner of the big race today as well a Cork race course in Mallow Pakistan winning the Bar 1 racing uh, chase grade 3 race today uh, the price he went off is actually the, the 6 to 4. favourite still Liverpool 1 Arsenal two seventy five minutes now on the cloth there Arsenal 3 uh, trying their best to cling on, but all the pressure, all the football being played by Liverpool at the moment. We are going to start today's show by talking to Paul Kerrigan, who joins us on the line now, former Cork star, of course, All-Ireland winner himself, to talk about Cork's defeat to Clare that puts them out of the Munster Championship and has them looking nervously over their shoulder uh, for the Sam Maguire as well. Uh, Paul, first of all, thanks for joining us, and there's no way to sugarcoat this, I guess. That is a disaster of a result for Cork today.
5: Yeah, yeah, it is like I suppose the only saving grace is that they're not eliminated from the Sam McGuire which they yet which they'd hope to, to stay in. But like um you know, you would like to be putting the boot in, but it's it's a tough one to take now. Probably I know they went four points up in the second half and probably probably second best one overall Claire team. Um yeah, it is it is very, very disappointing. I suppose they would have been well aware that it is a hard place to go up mm. there, but um I don't think I don't think they're probably they probably played to their potential at all, like um and I'd say the better team won at the end to honest with you.
1: Um it's kind of a case of I suppose a couple of steps forward and a couple of steps back for Cork. They showed some some good signs and good some 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 good form in the league, but like this was a kind of just sets them back that little bit.
5: Yeah, yeah. I think um I think defensively they they obviously set their style Cork and Clare were probably mirroring each other the way they were playing you know with 13-14 with men behind the ball and I think Claire were probably that bit better on um, uh, attacking I suppose she's like she showed the weight or the worth of Stephen Sherlock there for his accuracy from freeze. I think he had 10 out of 13 mm. and then like you had Pouter got one and then two backs Kevin O'Donovan and Rory McGuire got the other points so no, no other forwards really kind of stepping up from play with scores and um, I see, I think Claire had like 14 wides, you know and they had far more from play um, so the attacking, I think the attacking thing was something like you could see from Graco, upright they were working on their defensive shape and um, I know they're playing the patience game over and back but there's definitely work work needs to be done or maybe repositioning a few guys in a maybe a few key positions to, in the forward lane to maybe get them um, ticking and being a bit more of an attacking threat mm-hmm.
1: Brian Hurley a late withdrawal uh, from the team just before throwing uh, and obviously a massive loss in Cork. Obviously, um, could have done with him today, but it just shows you how central Brian Hurley is to this Cork team.
5: Ah, uh, yeah, like he's the, he's the captain. Like he's there a long time. He's he soldiered a long time. Um, he's going well this year too. You know what I mean? Um, he would have been. He would have taken. You know, definitely two men to look after him now today. So, uh, you know, and things might have opened up for a few more. But yeah, he is. He is a big loss. Um, I still think like uh, like if he wasn't playing, uh, if he was playing, probably Sherlock maybe mightn't have been playing. You know what I mean. But mm. whereas I think that maybe they should have the both of I mean, You know what I mean, and because they can both score when they get the ball. You know what I mean. So that's um, maybe that's a
1: conversation for another day. Yeah, I was going to say, were you surprised to see Sherlock named on the bench?
5: Yeah, I think I was like. Um, like he, he, I suppose at the intercoach level, he may, might struggle to to win his own ball. Maybe when it's a, a long ball put in and it's guy close to him But like I, I kind of thought today that Clare were obviously going to set up the way they they did go and you know he would have picked off a couple on the loop, which he did. He got a great one at the start of the second half. He got two from play. Like so, um, like I'd be starting, starting like definitely the two himself, Brian and maybe Corbett two out of the three. Mm-hmm. Of them definitely like you know what I mean, not just not just one.
1: Um, just from the Clare point of view as well Paul um, Colin Collins is doing a, a superb job with them
5: yeah he's really admirable. Um what I came across in playing myself um, like they've lost let's say like Sir Gary Brennan John, and a couple more who were really kind of focal points to their team and he's just continued on and uh, he's developed kind of new leaders now you know um, like just, just impressive you can see I think at half time he made the change he brought on I think Darren O'Neill who's about 6 foot 6 midfield and Cork couldn't get to grips with any kick out uh, their own arc players and uh, I think that was kind of that's where it showed really I think at the start of the second half when Cork went four up they were winning the breaks and they were on top of it and then he kind of grabbed the stranglehold in the middle so on a shoe call at half time and uh, I think Cork struggled thereafter you know what I mean like because they have a kick-out plan that they've been going on from the league and I I, I don't know I, don't, I, I know they were talking about it, but I don't really like it I don't think there's too much variety in it I think it's, it's, it's not a bad option but um, I think that that and their attacking play could be something they, they probably need to work on for the next day
1: So Cork not out of the All-Ireland Championship but um, just reading on Cormac in The Examiner he says that if um, two teams ranked below them in the league secure final involvement in Leinster and Ulster then the place in the Sam Guy is in trouble so so going to be a nervous couple of weeks for Cork Paul isn't it?
5: Yeah, big time. It's it's really strange, like, you know, they like you know, traditionally you would add the back door and you would add a game maybe in two weeks. So they have a bit of a wait and uh, an uncertain weight at that, like um well like it just shows the importance of the victories over the likes of kill there, you know, um yeah, in the league, like that they they were kind of above themselves in need by the end of it. So um yeah, it is gonna be a tricky wait. I think I think they will get through. I I d I can't see both me and Kildare making a Leinster final to be honest, which is so. Mm. Um, yeah, look a bit uncertainty, but like you know what, look they've. I suppose just like they've been they've had a lot of positives to answer which I think I thought for a lot of the year like they're going in a good direction you know what I mean I think I knew they were fairly kind of despondent maybe with the load game you know kind of a a tough loss to take as well I think they they felt they kind of threw that one away so look I suppose maybe stick to it they've been training hard all year like they seem to have a good team spirit they're pretty well organised defensively maybe tweak one or two things definitely attacking wise you know what I mean because you need to score to beat the better teams as well, you know what I mean? So um definitely a few things to work on, maybe get like Brian Hurley back from injury and and, and and that. But uh like I think I think if they do make Sam Maguire if you're in a group of four, uh, like you're gonna be against two top teams there and that's really exciting. You know what I mean? Like so um I think I think once the Kind of, they know what competition they're in. Um, I think that'll probably settle yeah. down but it's has been uncertain. Right.
1: And challenge games, no substitute of course for for monster championship games as well so it'll be going into either the Samagor or the Talton Cup a little bit cold.
5: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a funny one like I suppose there's not even enough time really to release lads back to their club to play a league game either. You know what I mean? To maybe get it out of their system. So yeah, it'd be kind of a hard one. You're, you're probably getting a challenge game against, like, the like of now or something like that, you know what I mean, who are who were who knocked out of the Championship early. So uh, they would have loved another in the game against um, Limerick, you know, to get things going and, and then have a cut-off carry in the final. But um, it's not to be, like, I know it, it's a hard place to go. They've, that was their third time going to Clare this year between the league and the McGrath Cup, and they won the other two and lost that one, but this is the one that matters, so... Mm.
1: Yeah, and just very quickly, we just mentioned Leitrim there. That was some result for New York last night, Paul, wasn't it? <laughs>
5: Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's great. i played in Galey Park once. It was a great spot. Um, you know, there's a lot of obviously an awful lot of Irish people there. But uh, there's a ex teammate of mine, Finn de Gould. He was in, he's in uh, New York for an extended period, and he was down in Gaelic Park watching. Him, and only about two weeks ago, he said. They're very. They have some very, very good players, and they're mad up for it. This is a right opportunity. So, like in fairness to me, called that about a fortnight ago. So it's a, <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a great result. And look, it opens things up now. I think they'd be first confident going in against League, going out the next day. So
1: um, it'd be interesting. Super Paul, uh, thanks for joining us today on the Big Red Bench. Thank you. Thank you Paul, always a pleasure to speak to Paul Kerrigan uh, on the Big Red Bench and uh, look that's a bit of a disaster result for Cork today, not out of the uh, Samgua yet due um, to um, the permutations that Paul and I just discussed there but look it's, I'm not sure many people would have expected Claire to, to be Cork today, I'm sure Cork would have gone up there with a bit of confidence but look it is what it is and as we were saying just a bit of a nervy wait now for the Rebels um, to uh, see if those permutations come to pass but uh, Paul, there are the confident that uh, they wouldn't, so yeah, fingers crossed. Still, Liverpool one, Arsenal two. Uh, Eighty-four minutes uh, on the clock. There, Darwin Nunes had a great chance, uh, one-on-one with Ramsdale, uh, but he hit it straight at the Arsenal goalkeeper. Uh, but now Arsenal are doing their best just to. Uh, dragged there uh, just uh, to slow the game down and a bit of time wasting gone on here. Uh, Saka just booked there for uh, taking his time over a corner. Uh, but yeah, but another five minutes there for Liverpool to try and find an equaliser or for Arsenal to hold on and take all three points. That would see them go eight points clear. As we were mentioning there with uh, Paul New York, what a stunning win that was for them against Leitrim. 15 points apiece was how finished. Uh, after normal time. And New York winning 2-0 on penalties um, into their first ever Connacht Senior Football Championship semi-final. Absolutely sensational stuff there from New York last night. Right, back to uh, Porky Cueve we go and uh, Kilkenny and Limerick and a good win for Limerick today in the league final to to 15 points. Going to hear from both managers, uh, Derek Ling, but first John Kiley speaking to Jonathan Higgins.
2: John congratulations another trophy but you could see you put real intent into the league this year and you were awarded by a comprehensive victory today
6: yeah, I think we, we did uh, just that, you know, we invested a lot of our energy into the league, you know, across the wide the whole group as, as such. You now we rotated quite considerably each week, but, you know, we felt that it was right for us this year. Um, you know, players had had a good long break uh, in the latter end of, of, of 2022. So, you know, it was important to get cracking and get cracking early doors and try and just see if we could be in a better place. This time this year than we were this time last year.
2: I have to say, from watching up high in the stand, you were a joy to watch. That second goal was just a thing of beauty. The movement from Flanagan and Glan inside,
6: and then what a finish! Yeah, it was it was a good move. Like we we are trying to put an emphasis on scoring more goals. Uh, it doesn't always come off. Most often, it doesn't. But it was nice to get the two goals today. Um, you know, we will keep working on it. Hopefully, we'll become a little bit you know more fluent in, in that since, you know, and the intent will be even greater as we go forward but listen, it's encouraging at the moment for those two goals to come off and again, even more encouraging is the way we defended our own goal uh, when Kilkenny had opportunities we got back in numbers and we defended really really well, uh, there was maybe a 5-10 to 10 minute window in the second half where Kilkenny were pushing for a couple of goals and between Nicky and our defenders we, we, we managed to, to keep them out but at the same time, it's no harm to get exposed to that, that scenario and I think we coped it very well today
2: I guess it's probably enforced it a tiny bit given the crazy fixture schedule but you've rotated, you've brought a lot of new players in that seems to have given the squad a bit of energy a bit of revive and you know, when you put the foot out there going it was, it was just flat to the mat almost at times
6: Yeah, listen, from our perspective I thought it could have been a bit more cohesive it broke down at times when I, I would have hoped it didn't um, I think at times we lacked a little bit of energy uh, in terms of urgency to get to the tackle um, but I suppose I have to be Cognizant of the fact that we are trying to train through this period also, and it's you can't have energy for everything, all right, and, and at all times. So you know, I have to be realistic in our expectations there. Um, but you know, we know ourselves; we'll have to go up quite a significant notch from today's performance to be ready for the first round and that's where our focus will shift now.
2: I guess it's very very much nitpicking but a couple of wides there went astray it could have been the tally could have been
6: even more. Yeah, listen we 20 wides in the game which is disappointing. You know that that shooting efficiency is just unacceptable. Uh, I think some of our options that we took were too far out, too wide and again decision making that's that's something that we would pride ourselves on. So we'd be disappointed with that aspect of it.
2: And very quickly, championships coming around the corner and what a game against Waterford to start it off against.
6: Yeah, listen, we've we've been on the same tracks with these guys now for six, seven years now. And we know they have a fantastic panel of players. They're a fantastic bunch of hurlers. They carry threats right throughout their forward division. So, listen, we know there's a huge challenge coming our way in, in two weeks' time. And uh, it's up to us now just to, to respond to that and to be the best team that we can be for two weeks' time.
2: Derek, I suppose a disappointing result in the end, but it's all about trying to get the focus now and get the positives for a championship, I guess.
7: Yeah, look, that's that's what we're left with now, and we just have to kind of take it on. Um, obviously, you know, lots of learning from today, and we just we just weren't weren't good enough, and we have uh, plenty to work on. But that's okay; that's the challenge ahead, and we'll take it on
2: positive start to the game you really tore off the blocks from the marker you know I suppose there is signs there and you know in the campaign what is it five out of seven wins and you're getting new blood into the, into the squad as well which is, I suppose is a period of transition
7: yeah no look for sure um, I think the start, we started the game well and even you know we probably had a few chances that I felt we needed to take to be honest when we were on top there um, Limerick came back at us and the goal before as the first half went on was uh, it was a killer for us really Um we had a couple of half chances in the second half, but really, you need to be taking your chances against a team like this, and and we didn't. So, um, I guess we'll look over the next few days. I think we'll take a bit of a break, and it's about just getting the minds and bodies ready now again for championship and and working towards that.
2: Yeah, they're a seasoned outfit, Limerick, and they, I suppose they showed their dominance. The goals at the big, you know, crucial times as well. in The game swung the game back in their momentum.
7: Yeah for sure And look They're, they're, they're uh, an experienced team In every position And uh, they're they, You know They punished us And they know what they're about And look They're going to be um, They're the team to beat That's as simple as that They're uh, modern champions For a reason And they showed it again today But and the challenge is there For everybody else Including ourselves now And we just have to We have to Try and get up to it It's a quick turnaround now To Championship I suppose you
2: you have to try and, you know you've had a lot of change you a lot of bringing new guys in players coming back late a few more in today as well just about trying to get all those cards right now
7: yeah it is it is though i think um we've we've learned a huge amount over the league and we've seen a lot of players and um so it's just about maybe making a few decisions now and kind of going with that and um really trying to get um a settled well, i wouldn't say a settled team but you know looking at a few positions now and really trying to i suppose. Make sure that we're in a good place, team-wise, panel-wise, coming into the championship.
2: And from lastly, from a personal point of view, obviously a big challenge, stepping into the, the biggest boots of, of mankind, really, from a Kenny Hurling point of view. How are you finding it? Are you kind of happy with your progress so far?
7: i rings me happy, not happy today. Obviously, um, we were here to win the game, we didn't, and you know at the end it was just it was too easy for my liking, and you know that's that's the challenge, and that's the challenge. You know that's the challenge for us now. We just have to learn from it and um, learn fast and. As I said, just get ready now for the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, good conversation there between Jonathan Higgins and Derek Ling. We also heard from John Kiley. there after Limerick's win over Kilkenny. 220 to 15 points was how it finished in that Allianz Hurling League final. Um, before we went into that if we said it was coming. We said it was coming and... Game. It's
0: Liverpool 2, Arsenal 2, and the league leaders haven't held on here. And Liverpool have their equaliser courtesy of Roberto Firmino. He always scores against Arsenal, and he's had it once again. This time, Alexander Arnold getting past Zinchenko on the right, crossing it towards the back post. And there was Firmino to head home from six yards out. It's Liverpool 2, Arsenal 2.
1: He didn't just get past Zinchenko, he nutmeg. Sinchenko on the byline and he put in a beautiful beautiful cross did Trent Alexander-Arnold and a beautiful leap for Roberto Firmino as well um, to, to head the ball into that an absolutely stunning goal and uh, now it's Liverpool doing all the pressing as they look uh, to uh, take all three points and they were 2-0 down at one point and they're still putting the pressure on Arsenal alright one last bit of hurling um, before we move on I'm going to hear from uh, Cork, Snell, and Eric speaking to Aidan at the launch of the Munster GA Championships in Porky Cueve Cork's uh, clash with uh, Waterford looming on the horizon um, in the uh, the championship and uh, yeah certainly it's a busy busy time uh, for the Rebels and it's great uh, to have the Munster Hurling Championship back but let's hear from Aidan speaking to Niall at uh, Wednesday's lunch.
8: Niall O'Leary um, I suppose from from your point of view this is probably all normal I think a lot of fans still find it a bit strange we have championship you know starting around well a couple more weeks time but it's still quite early but is it just is it
9: normal for you now or are you used to it? Yeah I suppose it's something you kind of get used to over a couple of years being on the panel but um, look it's come around very fast this year and I think a lot of fellas are kind of that excitement it's building and training and we're looking forward to getting started so yeah it is great
8: from players players point of view that block of the league how was that and how was the schedule of it
9: yeah i think it was good to be honest which i suppose if you look at it from our own point of view it was we were fairly successful and if we got to try out a lot of new players and look we got to see a lot of new things about the team that's going to be playing for championship as well so look it was it was it was good that way everyone always says they'd rather be playing games than training
8: but for you are you actually kind of happy to have maybe that, that couple of weeks blocked because you have guys as well that are coming back from injury and everything like that so it can give you time to get your house in order
9: yeah I suppose definitely we do have a lot of a good few lads that are coming back from injury tomorrow. a lot of fellows are getting back to fitness but look I suppose we're playing a lot of games and training as well so I suppose them games are as tough as games are going to play in the weekend so it is great to be playing games week on, week off but um, as I said training games are every bit as good at the moment
8: how disappointing was the defeat in Kilkenny in the league semi-final, and
9: how do you go about rectifying that and bouncing back? Yeah, look, it was disappointing not to get a performance up there. Uh, um, look, we took a lot of learnings from it. I suppose a lot of, it was a young team that played again on the day, but look, we've we've come to terms with us. We've took our learnings from it, and we we'll bring it to training every night, and uh, hopefully it'll work out for us. Like once the game starts, it's it's fairly
8: intense. You know, you got Waterford and Tipperary back to back, and that can that can make or break the season. Those two games.
9: Can I think? I think this year at the Munster Championship is very important to get a result early on. That, um, you're going to be under pressure if you're not going to get a result in the first two games. But look, um, you're hoping you'll be going into them games well prepared and ready to get a result. How have you found the dressing room? It's obviously
8: very different and a lot more younger guys around the place, new faces on the coaching staff. Um,
9: How has it been from that in that regard since the start of the year? Yeah, I know it's been it's been very good. I think lads have gelled very well with the management team um, straight away. And look, I know we've a young panel there, but I suppose it's something we've kind of asked of everyone from the start this year was to be a kind of a leader on the team and I think all them younger lads have stood up and you can see it in games that they've really showed that they are willing to, to lead the team forward so it's been very good I'm Speaking to Donald there and just mentioned like trust and I suppose it's, it's, it's both
8: ways really it's trust between management and the players and vice versa and how have how you
9: built that and I suppose it actually Donald said you have to earn it yeah, look, I think that it, it comes down to definitely to training with the lads. I think the lads have told us day one that if you're performing and training, you're going to get picked, and that has shown the whole way throughout the league. Any fellas performing and training, they're getting picked. and I think that trust has been built from that system put in place in the management team.
8: Overall, I imagine like you want to get your hands on trophies and getting your hands on a on a cup, and once the final day, that wouldn't be a bad start. Yeah,
9: look, I suppose it's been a while for a lot of us. A lot of us there haven't uh, won any silverware with Cork at uh, adult level, so look, it's something we aim for and uh, hope we can. Bring bring a bit
1: of success to the county again yeah it's not an Larry there in conversation with Aidan at the launch of the uh, Munster Championships earlier on in the week um, you can get uh, more from that on yesterday's show which you can get on the Big Red Bench podcast which is available on redfm.ie it's all over Liverpool 2 Arsenal 2 is how it finished at uh, Anfield brilliant save for Ramsdale uh, from a deflected Salah shot um, so uh, the sides remain all square but yeah fantastic save but yeah it is Liverpool 2, Arsenal 2 is how it finished, we'll get a full time report on that in just a bit, up next though we're talking about the Cork City Marathon which is looming very very close on the horizon
0: Missed the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at
1: redfm.ie Cork's Red FM. Rory here with you on the big red bench and uh, we're going to talk athletics now. The Cork City Marathon is fast approaching. It's eight weeks ago before one of the highlights of the sporting calendar in Cork. This year the marathon has introduced a new 10k race option. It starts and finishes on St. Patrick Street. That replaces the relay race. I've been speaking to the race director, Raymond Hayes, in the last uh, while to talk about the new 10k race. Alright, the Cork City Marathon is just nine weeks away. It's to be joined on the line by Eamon Hayes the race director for the Cork City Marathon 2023 Eamon how are you sir?
3: Great Rory thanks a million for having us on
1: and thanks for for coming on Um, I suppose the big announcement this week was the the reveal of the 10k route there had been a lot of rumours about what the proposed route was going to be and the route that you unveiled during the week is fantastic it's a flat 10k route around the city centre starting and finishing on St. Patrick Street, um, can you tell us, I suppose, the amount of planning that went into, to, I suppose, identifying the route and then getting it over the line?
3: Yes, I suppose um, we, we originally kind of were looking at uh, um, the 10K option kind of back way before Christmas and that, you know. So um, we were looking at um, potential routes. So um, i say we had maybe four or five different routes that we had Designed and this was our preferred one the whole time, and it was actually one that um, we felt really, you know, that the race needed because it, it ticked an off a lot of the boxes. It had a start and finish in Patrick Street. It had um, it was completely um, flat. Also, there's there's maybe five or six straight sections, you know, which is really good for for PB. You're not turning that many corners and stuff like that. So, really, this was our preferred option from from the start. Um, you know. A bit difficult, to, I suppose. It takes a bit, a bit extra staffing, extra resources to go into it, um, because it's it's um city centred. There's an awful lot of um, traffic mm-hmm. management and guarding uh, and that, and stewarding t- uh, to be done as well. So, if um that's I suppose why it took it took so long to to announce because. So many stakeholders, and we had to make sure everything was was bang on, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, how important was it for you that the race started and finished on St Patrick's Street? Cause that really sets this ten k race apart from other ten k races around the city and county.
3: Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, it was crucial for us really that it started and finished in Patrick Street, and that that was kind of or 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 you know almost top priority. Really, you know, we, we wouldn't really have liked you know to put on a ten k race that would have started and finished somewhere else. You know, it needs to be part of the the marathon experience on the day. And you know that that people are doing a 10k really feel part of the event, like it, it, it's it's central part to the event. You know, so that like that they get the exact same experience that the marathon, um, full marathon runners and half marathon runners will get. You know, it's like that that Patrick Street finish is just um, sensational, really. You know, it's mm-hmm. one of the best in the country. So to, uh, for a, for a 10k to finish in a in a in a, in a, in a, a you know main street of a, of a big city. Is, is uh fantastic
1: we all know the topography of cork is nearly impossible to get a flat race anywhere in the city or county but this is as flat as you're going to get it's nearly flat all the way and it's going to be a super fast fast course
3: yeah that's it you know we're, like we're hoping to attract all sorts of, of of runners in you know and if you take the hills out of it then obviously that makes it a lot a lot easier a lot easier for for um you know the elite at least to get pbs and a lot, a lot um. A lot easier for um, the the regular runners um, to you know to get PBEs as well, and you know for people that are starting um, training, they they can you know um, look forward to a flat course, so there's no there's no surprises, you know. So it makes it a lot easier for everyone, and it, you know the whole point, really, I suppose, of of um, you know putting on a, a big running event like this to, tra- to attract the runners in, you know. So it needs it needs to. Um, be as flat as we can possibly do in in a city uh, um, like Cork that has a lot of hills in it, but I think we've done a good job here anyway, yeah.
1: We certainly have and the 10k race replaces um, the relay, um, which um, I suppose um, it gives people a chance to to race part of uh, the race on on Marathon Day it's sad to see the relay go, but I think the 10k race is going to prove very popular
3: Yeah, look, I suppose you know, in a a big event like um, Cork City Marathon, you know it would be just easy to kind of keep things, you know, going um, along like they've always done, you know. So we we have to kind of take a step back at times and look at the event and see, you know, is there a possibility to grow this? Um, you know, are we missing out on 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 a you know a section of people, uh, you know, that, that 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 can't compete? And um, you know, and this 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 pros and minuses for 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 um, you know, all these decisions that we make, you know. But we we really felt that um, having a ten k really that you weren't really lo- losing um anything and you were gaining quite a lot you know so like people that used to run in a team they can still run in a team there's a team element to the to the 10k you can uh, register as a team um, so instead of you know um doing a leg of the marathon and meet, meeting someone and, and running on your own then here you can run with with your friends in, in as part of the team you know and um, it's easier for people they can st- they're starting in Patrick street they're, they don't have to get the bus out to um yeah. various parts of the course you know you're finishing everybody gets the, the, the finishing experience of patrick street which i think that is crucial really like people that haven't um you know finished a, a big race in patrick street are really in for a treat you know and um, previously obviously only one of the relay team would have been able to uh, experience that so here everyone does it's you know it's it's more inclusive as well you know it, it, it's um younger people can um um the age limit is, 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 is reduced and um, compared to the relay so like it's 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 fantastic really you know and, and we think that um we should we're hoping that we get get more numbers you know and mm-hmm. um, a lot more numbers than the relay like there's a lot of people that you know maybe a half Martin was was too much for them and you know they would have needed um Three or four more people to form a team, and then they just weren't competing every year, you know. So no, they they can um, it opens it up for them, you know. So this that, that's mm. I think that's that's crucial for us, you know.
1: And if you're running the 10k as well, you can go in to see the marathon start and be there for when the marathon finishes. So that's really going to add to the atmosphere in the day.
3: It is really like it's, it. It's you know it's very well timed so that you know you would see the start of the marathon. You'll experience that, and you you, you will start off yourself. Then when you're back, um, the leaders will be coming in. You know, of uh, uh, the leaders of the marathon will be coming in. Um, um, after you've been waiting around, then you you see that that experience that um the race win for whoever wins the, the, the marathon. You know, so like it, it that's really really good. I hope we're hoping people will stay around, support their friends. You know, um, in the other events as well, and that's what we're really after. That you know, people can travel to Cork. You know one person might do the marathon someone else do the half someone else do the 10k and we're including people and you know people stay around for the weekend uh, and really enjoy Cork for the weekend you know
1: yeah and the marathon and the half marathon looming as well on the horizon nine weeks to go you know it's uh, getting close to the marathon when you see the marina getting a lot busier on Saturday mornings for the long runs Um, what's your advice I suppose Eamon for for people who are training at the moment and they have got those nine weeks left yeah I suppose you
3: know i the, the the crucial thing really is um, the long runs. You know they're they're the vital part of of, of, of the training. You know um, and it, it's to, to to at this stage to try different things on those long runs and to to kind of you know make sure then it you know everything suits you then for for the day. So you know try try your gels, jealous, different gels, see which one works. um, you know try you know uh, your drinking strategy. You know how many ever, every every um, You know the gap. Um, between drinking and stuff like that, you know, does it suit you to drink every five miles, or you know, keep tipping away or whatever like that? You know, so it's crucial to trying to your 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 race strategy to to try to uh, hone that in on uh, in your long runs between this and no, you know. Mm-hmm. Also as well, like I suppose my advice to people would be that you know you've got a life as well, right outside outside of of um, training for the marathon and things will pop up from time to time you know you will miss um a session you know and it's crucial not to to load up on other sessions then you know if you happen to miss a long run this week like you know don't do two long runs next week you know what i mean so it's yeah you know you just have to go with the flow a little bit you know and and just you know uh you know people aren't professional runners you know so you just have to go with life and um you know do your best on the day and just you know um I, then when it comes up to the, the marathon weekend, I think it's crucial to get good sleep that, that week, you know. Um the night before you'd probably be nervous, so in you know, earlier that week just, you know, go to bed early, um, hydrate properly uh, and um cargo load and stuff like that mm. and, and be your best self Then on the day, you know.
1: No, you're a seasoned marathon runner yourself, I believe you're coming up in thirty five marathons in a, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh as soon as race director you can run in court, can you?
3: You <laughs> know, that's the only downside. now. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it's gonna be unusual. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, like when you're a runner, you know, you're there to run. Like that's that's what that's what I I love. But. Um, look, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm filling up um, the rest of the year with loads of marathons, so um, you know, I, I'm
1: not feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> <laughs> and um, for people who are listening, Eamon, who, who think they would like to take up running um, and maybe looking at doing the marathon or a half marathon, even the 10K next year, I suppose the simple advice is just to, to get out and, and start. It's never too late to start and the enjoyment you'll get from it is just, it's, it's incredible.
3: Absolutely, yeah. Like I mean, Myself, no. I would have. I'd. i started. I think it was maybe thirty-three or something like that. You know, I I, I. I. had played GA for for a while, and um, you know, I. I. I um, there was a. I suppose a period of time where I. W- I wasn't doing any exercise, and I just felt, like I need to try to do something, and I just kind of went out the door one morning with like you know a really bad pair of runners, and. <laughs> uh, uh, big, massive, heavy tracksuit and a jacket and ran about 100 metres and <laughs> leaned up against the wall for the rest of it, you know. But then the next day I went to another base and, you know, and you just build it up like that. Like, it's not easy. Um, and it just, you know, takes a bit of just perseverance with and then you just get there little bit by little bit. You know, you get as far as a mile, you get as far as a mile and a half, two miles, and you literally just build it up. It's, you know, coach, coach to 5K, you know, coach to marathon. You just keep going. You get to the 5K, you just go a little bit. And, you know... Over, over time then you, you'll get there you know and like the benefits of um running are just they're just massive like um you know you, your health you can, you can just feel it like you know um and um, improve so much like you know you're just you're just healthy fit and um like it's a fantastic sport you know you could just r- run from your own house you don't need to be, to be joined or anything like it's great if you join the club that's fantastic but you know when you're starting off just really just you know uh, have a look around for pair runners and just head uh, out the door and see how you get on you, one know? Foot you never front, know you might, yeah. you one might foot get to the marathon next
1: year yeah one foot in front of the other that's all you can do
3: exactly yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. alright the Cork City Marathon half marathon 10k taking place Sunday June 4th more information CorkCityMarathon.ie Eamon Hayes Race Director of Cork City Marathon thanks for joining us on the Big Red Bench thanks Amelia. million Rory yeah, an absolute pleasure to talk to him and that 10k race is um, going to be very, very popular. It looks like it's a fantastic course around the city. Uh, starting and finishing on Patrick Street is huge as well because I had heard uh, reports of other routes which wouldn't have been as attractive but for the race to start and finish on St. Patrick Street and to be there to get the buzz of the finish line it'll be absolutely fantastic. Uh, so yeah, that'll be an absolutely fantastic race. Eight weeks to go now. Um, I'm training hard for the uh, the uh, Cork Marathon at the moment which will be my first ran 16 miles yesterday for my long run struggling a bit today um, but yeah taking up running has been uh, such a positive uh, uh, thing that I've done over the last couple of years it's thoroughly enjoyable so um, if you're thinking you just want to, as I was talking to Damon out there if you're, you're thinking about taking up running just take it up um, get in touch with your local club; they'll only be too delighted to to help you and help you get started. And uh, who knows, you could be uh, training uh, for a marathon. <laughs> what am I doing? Marathon running—it's just insane. But yeah, I can't wait um, to get to the start line at the Cork Marathon. I was supposed to do the Dublin Marathon last year; all the training done, and then got COVID the week before, which uh, stopped me running for a couple of months because I uh, had an awful dose of it. But that was very frustrating to be so close to the start line in Dublin and then not being able to do it. But yeah, take up running and uh, have a look um, and even um, have a look for next year and start planning uh, the marathon for next year. If you've got 12 months to train for the Cork Marathon, it'd be absolutely fantastic um, to, 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 to run in it. And there's always a great buzz. I did the half marathon in Cork last year and that buzz of running down St. Patrick Street to the finish line was just something that um, you just have to experience. It was a fantastic experience doing it last year. This photographs of me with a big broad smile on my face come to the end that I've half marathon run so can't wait to, to experience that um, for the marathon this year but yeah it's happening very very soon so time to really knuckle down now for all of us doing uh, the marathon and get those long runs in over the weekend let's get a full time report from Anfield uh, a great game between Liverpool and Arsenal and uh, Shane Pennington reports enough
0: Liverpool 2 Arsenal 2 and a brilliant encounter ends all square here at Anfield as Liverpool come from two goals down to throw a spanner in Arsenal title works Gabriel Martinelli and Gabriel Jesus put the visitors in command but Mo Salah pulled one back before half time but then Salah missed a penalty before Roberto Firmino equalised for the host late on and the visitors had Aaron Ramsdale to thank for their points with the goalkeeper denying Salah twice Nunez and Canate and an exciting finish to the game Liverpool 2 Arsenal
1: 2 Yes, some fantastic saves from Ramsdale there at the end and uh, keeping Liverpool uh, uh, at bay and a fantastic uh, game You can argue that Arsenal kind of sat back at uh, 2-0 and invited Liverpool on them especially in the second half Liverpool playing all the football but that is a point each honours uh, even at Anfield and Man City Uh, certainly happy with that result all right, we're going to talk games again. And Neva bon and Glanmire meeting in the 2023 Cork LGFA under 21A County final tomorrow in Porky on The 4G pitch there is at 3 o'clock tomorrow. Jer uh, McCarthy has been speaking to both sides. He's uh, spoken to Neva Bone's uh, Amy McDonough and Glanmire's Ashley McAllen ahead of the decider. First, we're going to hear from uh, Ashley McAllen of Glanmire speaking to Jer.
10: So ahead of this year's Cork LGFA Under Twenty One A County Final between Navavon and Glenmoyer, we are delighted to be joined here on the big red bench by Glenmoyer captain Ashling McAllen ahead of that showdown with Navavon. Ashling, you're very welcome to the bench. How are you?
11: Hi, good. Thanks for having me.
10: Not at all. Very good of you to speak to us. Um, only one place to start. Uh, last year. Glanmire were beaten in the under twenty one A final by Morne Abbey, but this year you bounced back and beat the same opposition in a really good and a tight semi final, one eleven to one ten. Talk to me about how tough a match that was, and like the boost that you've gotten uh, by beating the team that defeated you last year. Yeah,
11: it was a quite tough match. Um, it was in wet conditions. It was in our own home pitch in the Pike, um, and it was a tough match. To be fair, we were lucky. We stuck at it the whole time. And we got a goal towards the last 10 minutes. Lucy Green, our full four, got a goal. And we were lucky to get out with a narrow escape.
10: A narrow escape is right. A one-point victory is a one-point victory, though. Of the team that you're playing with, Ashling, you've come up through the ranks together, I would imagine, this particular squad. How important is it that you've been in tight situations before? How much did that help you against a team
11: like Mornaby? Yeah, we're used to it. We're used to playing really tight matches. Um But, you know, the group of girls we're with and our management, we're really lucky. And we always have like a never say die attitude and we always stick together. And no matter, we don't give up until the final whistle's gone. And that's what we did.
10: Spoken like a true captain. Uh, Your manager, Dindy Barry, how important has he been and the management team to this particular group of players?
11: Yeah, he's very good. He came in this year and for the first year. um, And we have a new trainer, Connor and Sully. And also Ellen Mercy, who's a player on the intermediate team. She's a selector with the under twenty one, And all their opinions are very valued, and we're lucky to have
10: them. Well, uh, the under-21A, I said it to Neva Vaughan, Captain Amy McDonough, there was only a handful of clubs, five clubs and all, in the A grade. So there's no easy game, cliche alert. But there really isn't any easy game. And I would imagine going up against last year's under-21 County B champions, Neva Vaughan, you're expecting an, an even tougher game uh, than you got in the semi-final.
11: Yeah, of course. Um, we know Nevin will be good. I'm sure they got very far role early in the junior all in last year. we will be playing a intermediate now in the championship. So we're expecting another tight game
10: indeed you are. You're listening to Cork's Big Red Bench here with Jeremy McCarthy. We're speaking to Under-21 Glanmire LGFA Under-21 captain Ashley McGallan ahead of Easter Monday's Under-21 County Final with Neva Vaughan. You mentioned uh, the Intermediate Championship. How, no, I don't want to go back over the last couple of years. I'm sure you don't want to talk <laughs> about it. But Meyer have been knocking on the door for the last three years, getting to the final and coming up short, unfortunately. I don't have to ask what the determination is this year, Ashling. I don't have to ask what the motivation is. But how important is it that you? get off to a good start in the league where you'll face Clan, Inch Rovers, Airog, Valley Rovers and Kinsale?
11: Yeah, it's very important. We want to put down our mark on it. Um, we know there'll be tight games we Senior League and, but that's what we want. We want close, tough matches and hopefully everything will help us for the Championship in
10: it must have been tough, though, coming back year after year, coming up, you know, short in the final. You've you've been very, very close. Do you feel a bit more confident going in this year, like with the experiences that you've gained and doing well under twenty one, that you might have a better chance again this year?
11: Yeah, well, that's what we're hoping for, anyway. Um, yeah, previous years it's been very tight. Each final we've been very unlucky, just narrow we'll escapes, missing out by a point or extra time or whatever. But hopefully, this year we'll go on and do it and push up seniors.
10: Um, it's a busy time for you, Ashley, because between under twenty one and between getting ready for the senior league, as you said, there's quite a lot of training going on. There's matches coming thick and fast. Um, is is this the time of year that you enjoy the most, though, as a as a club player, that you want to make your mark in the early rounds of the under twenty one and the league to be ready for that championship? Yeah, I do. I
11: think it's so important. Um, We've new management this year, so we're all trying to put down our names and show them what we're about in training and just having tough competitive trainings and giving 100% and treating it like mass situations is very important, but um, I'm enjoying it now a minute.
10: You mentioned as well the fact you've a new management team in, but Glenmire is a huge club when it comes to ladies' football, always challenging at the different grades. Have you seen an interest in the under-8 section, uh, the younger groups especially, over the last couple of years that have been following you because you always get great support when you get to those county finals?
11: Yeah, we're so lucky. Our club is fairly big now, to be fair, with all the teams in there. There's so many teams and just all days coming up, they're great. And even this year now for under 21, there's a good few under 16 from last year up minor. And there's a good couple of the girls starting with us and on the bench. And they're really important to have to us the youth and their speed. And it's great.
10: What would winning an under 21A County championship, if you managed to get over an Yvonne, what would that mean? Obviously to the players in the dressing room, but to the club as a whole.
11: Oh, we'd be delighted. We'd love it. Um, It'd mean a lot. We haven't, like you said, last year, we just, we missed out again, unfortunately. And it'd be great for us. And it'd be great to put down our name for the mark for the upcoming championship in the summer.
10: Um, as, a, as again, as a club player, there's a lot going on, obviously, with school and with work and everything that's going on. The split season um, has made it so that, you know, especially when it comes to intercounty, things are a bit more squeezed. How are you finding that? Um, in that, you know, the intercounty players within your squad get a chance to focus when it comes to championship time on club only. Has that been of benefit to you?
11: I think it is. Um, I think it's great when we have a few guys in Intercounty and all the setup all the way up. Um I think it's great that they can concentrate on Intercounty but they can come back to club and they're hundred percent with club.
10: Excellent. Uh, Listen, uh, on Easter Monday, currently scheduled to take on Neva in the under-21 Cork LGFA county final. Glanmire throw-in is uh, currently at 3pm, but we wish you, Ashley McAllen and Glanmire, all the best in that final. You've had enough of finals coming up short. Maybe this is the one now where you get over the line and kick on for the next couple of years.
11: Yeah, thanks a million.
1: Hopefully, hopefully we'll do it. That's Myers, Ashley they there speaking ahead of tomorrow's uh, Cork LGFA under-21A county final uh, between themselves and mm-hmm. Nava That's happening at Porky Cueve. Let's hear now from Nava Bourne's Amy McDonough.
10: Now, ahead of Easter Mondays, Cork LGFA under 21A county final between Navabon and Glenmire, which takes place on the Parquequeque 4G pitch, uh, currently with a 3 p.m. throw in time as we record this. We are delighted here uh, on the big red bench to be joined by the Navabon and Cork senior, uh, footballer, um, and captain of Navabon under 21A, uh, Amy McDonough. Amy, you're very welcome to the bench. How are you?
12: Hi Joe, how are you keeping? I'm not doing too
10: bad now. (laughs) You're not doing too badly. Yeah, indeed you're not. Um, Let's talk about this under 21A county final first um, because uh, you overcame Airog in this year's semi-final um, while Glanmire, your opponents in the county final, overcame last year's champions, Moorabie. So there's an elite bunch of teams at the A grade in under 21 when it comes to Cork LGFA. Um, Having won last year's under 21B county title, uh, did that experience help you going in against a team like Airog?
12: Yeah, it definitely did. Like when we got thrown into that pool, I suppose we were looking at—they're all big teams, all have big names in it—and we knew that it was going to be a challenge. And it definitely was a challenge in the aero game. But I suppose our experience—we um, played, we won the B as well last year, and I'd say about three or four years ago we won the C. So moving up, like we're used to the finals, and the experience definitely helps. Like and ours, we're well used to that now at this stage, I suppose. And yeah, know like such a big pool. To be fair, all big strong teams and even
10: Meyer overcoming more was a big one hmm. yeah and like taking on somebody like Airog with their quality and their experience and the kind of number of players that they have um, it certainly wasn't an easy semi-final for you in that sense but and I know it's been a while since you actually played it now but having said that winning 3-9 to 1-8 um, being ahead at half time and then getting those two goals in the second half that kind of experience is exactly what you need going in against a team as good as Meyer.
12: Yeah, definitely. Like, we, we knew it was going to be such a tough match and, like, over the years, Aero was always such a tough match. It's always one point of a difference between the teams at the end of the game. So, um, I suppose that was such a good result for us and it'll really help us going into the Glenmire game. Like, we need every bit of push behind us to to have a chance against Glenmire.
10: Indeed, it promises to be a cracking final. The fact that it's on the Parky Cueve 4G pitch as well bit of a different surface but at this stage and considering what you went through last year Neve, at junior level you've played on just about every playing surface does, does it matter to you as a player going into it that it's going to be on that kind of a different surface
12: um, I don't think so Like obviously the day of the All-Ireland last year we played that on um, the Astro as well and we weren't that used to it but I suppose both teams are the same and are going to be going in the same way as we are so we have an Astro at home close enough that we use every now and then not too often now to be honest but um, I suppose everyone will be somewhat used to it and both teams are the same in that that situation really.
10: Indeed it will. You're listening to The Big Red Bench here. I'm Gerard McCarthy and we're interviewing the under-21A county finalist uh, Captain of Navavon, Amy McDonough, who's talking about us and looking ahead to Easter Monday's uh, final between uh, Navavon and Glamour, which takes place at Parky Cueve, as we said on Easter Monday, currently with a throw in time of 3 pm. Amy, there's a nice family dynamic to the Navan ladies football set up and that's because your dad who I've interviewed enough times now over the last 12 months that he's sick of me uh, Noel is in charge of you as well under 21 and your sister Lydia also plays um, how does that dynamic work say when not so much when things are going well but when, maybe when things don't go so well is it, is it a quiet car on the way back or do you get a different lift home uh, quite interesting car
12: rides now to be honest and dinner tables as well they be both the same uh, no it's grand though I love having him there he doesn't take it easy on us definitely anyways but um, doesn't bother me. Just take him as any other trainer. And listen to what he tells us to do. Really, otherwise <laughs> it would be a very awkward journey. But no, he's he knows what he's at, and he's really trying his best now. He sacrifices so much for it. So uh, no, I don't mind it at all,
10: to be honest. <laughs> Spoken like a daughter and a captain. Well done there on that answer. Um, to be jokes aside, twenty twenty two will go down in history as one of Navy one's most prolific because not only did you win the county junior A title um, and go through Munster and win the Munster title, you went all the way to an All Ireland ladies football junior club final, the current account, uh, i.e., uh, All Ireland junior ladies football club final. Heartbreakingly, unfortunately, you lost out to Saltill Knocknacarra, uh, a well-known club, well-established club, but a fantastic run. For Navan, you were integral to that playing in midfield. Can you can you give me a highlight of that particular run? And what did that what did that run do for ladies football in Navan? Oh,
12: yeah, was like obviously it was so disappointing not we um, on top of the All Ireland. But my favourite memory of that uh, whole series must definitely be the uh, most final. Just the best experience when the final whistle was blown. Um, just I actually still can't describe it to be honest. Um, but I know it's pushed the club so much, the support behind the club and everything is just frightening. Um and like we're we've so much experience now and well used to the finals and the run was just amazing. The support, all the players developing, even the younger players that are coming up into the under twenty one team this year, is just crazy and um, all the young ones, they such there's such a big interest back in Ballaborna now at this stage and it's so good to see.
1: It's the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM and that is Neighbor Bond's Amy McDonough there speaking ahead of tomorrow's clash with Glamour that final taking place down on the uh, Porky Creeve 4G Astro 3 o'clock tomorrow on Easter Monday um, so that's pretty much it from us on the show and uh, you can listen to Ger McCarthy's Women in Sport podcast every Thursday uh, on Cork's Red FM you can get that on the Big Red Bench podcast so search for Big Red Bench on your podcast provider. we'll also have it online redfm.com IE and you can get more from uh, the Women in Sport podcast with the hardest working person in the business Mr. Jarrett McCarthy Alright, that is it from us. Thanks very much indeed for tuning in to us on this Easter Sunday. Master Sunday as well. Looking forward to going home and watching the golf for the rest of the evening and hoping for a bit of a battle between Brooks Kupka and John Ram. They are both going head to head at just about half past seven. Three minutes after half past seven, uh, they'll tee off um, Kupka on 11 under Ram on nine under Victor Hovland. Just one back on eight under. So it could be a very, very interesting shootout between those uh, at Augusta. Right, um, Um, If you want to listen back to the show, if you missed yesterday's show, redfm.ie for the Big Red Bench podcast and you can search for that on your podcast provider. Mags is up next with three hours of the best of Irish music coming your way right here on Cork's Red FM. Have a very good week, folks. We will speak to you next weekend. The
0: Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red
5: FM.